0: SPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.
1: Great
0: Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by The Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather,
2: steal the show. show coming at you on a Wednesday, not just any Wednesday, tomorrow's Thanksgiving, y'all. How we feeling? Grateful, I hope. I I am grateful for all of you who spend your mornings with me. Or maybe your afternoon's evening, if you're listening on demand after the fact. Whenever it is, if you're listening to me, if you're reading anything I post at ESPNLafayette.com, every one of you out there who supports the work we do here or the work i put out there i mean it when i say thank you i'm very grateful for all of you grateful i get to do this job grateful i get to have this show this morning we got luke johnson coming on 7:15 my old compadre my friend formerly of the beat in lafayette covering the cajuns years ago then went and covered LSU baseball and Baton Rouge covered Southern football. He has been on the beat covering the Saints for several years now. Saints play tomorrow night against the Bills. Saints have been bit. Let's just not say bit. It's like if you went and spent the night, spent the night like in the bayou for the middle of July. Say you went on that show naked and afraid, right? And you went in the bayou and you tried to spend a night there, no bug spray, no nothing, you wouldn't just get bit. You would have mosquito bites all over you. The Saints, it's not like they've just been bit by the injury bug. They have been bitten all over. They have been bitten by the mosquito bugs as if they were on naked and afraid and had to spend a night there in the bayou overnight. If you were on that show, you'd be like, I'm out. I lose. I quit. I can't do it. Saints don't have that luxury. In fact, the Saints feel like they can keep winning. In fact, Sean Payton keeps saying, "Ah, I don't want to talk about it. Appreciate the question understand it, but no, we can't. It starts to seep in. Starts to create doubt. Starts to make guys not try as hard. Look at the Pelicans, how hard they were playing early in the season compared to how they're playing now. More on the Saints with Luke, Dr. Brian Maggard, Director of Athletics for Louisiana, going to be in with me at 8 a.m. this morning. Got a number of things to talk to him about. Cajun basketball dropped a game last night at Marshall on the road, and I mean, you can't. It was it wasn't good. It was bad. It was bad. You can't turn the ball over. Thirty times in a game. You can't. All right, I'm sorry. Technically it was twenty eight. Marshall protected the ball. And the Cajuns, I I, I love I like Kintrell Garnett. He plays hard, he's feisty, he's a walk on. He was four or four from beyond the arc. He shot well, but you know the depth at guard? Yeah. Disappointing to say the least. They'll be home, though. They will play Jackson State Saturday morning. We'll have that game on our sibling station, News Talk 96.5 KPEL, because football pregame starts at 1 on our airwaves, and that would likely overlap with hoops. So if you're looking for basketball on Saturday, that is on KPEL only. But last night, college football playoff. Everyone's saying, oh, my God. They still got a lot wrong. Cajun fans are upset. They feel like they should be ranked. There's only one one lost team, not in the college football top twenty-five. I hear you Cajun fans, but let's be honest, getting into the college football playoff in the back twenties, what is that honestly going to do? I I understand you're upset. I'm not saying they shouldn't be and the and the loss to Texas, as bad as Texas has been, is really holding them back. But what is it going to do? In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't Matter. They're not going to leapfrog enough G five teams. They're not going to do all that stuff. They're not getting into a select six. So, like, what? What? You could be mad and upset, and it's cool to put next to the name and say we ranked in the college football playoff. But it's not going to change anything about where this team is currently heading. And if they're heading in the right direction and continue to win this Saturday and a week after with a conference championship and then a bowl game, they'll be ranked high in the final polls, maybe the college football playoff poll, certainly in the AP and coaches poll, if they keep winning. But them not being ranked, I mean, it's, 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 it's the committee. It's not a surprise. And in the end, the, the, the real focus is at the top. And at the top, Cincinnati. They're hey, some would suggest they can control their own destiny. Eh, okay. I'm not I'm not willing to trust the college football committee right now, but okay, if you say so. Cincinnati is number four, the highest ranking for a group of five conference team in the history of the seven year college football playoff. They play East Carolina this Friday, and then they play Houston, who's good in the AAC championship game. So again, some are suggesting that Cincinnati, Cincinnati, the girls call me daddy, that Cincinnati is in. Well, you got to beat East Carolina. Who's not bad? I think they're seven and four. And the game against Houston is not... Look, Houston. Houston's in the top 25. Houston has won 10 games in a row. They lost an opener to Texas Tech. Since then, they've beaten everybody in their path. Everybody. And they're playing UConn this Saturday, so they're not going to lose that. So that's what what Cincinnati has going for it, is that they don't have to end the season playing Tulane and Temple. Having Houston at the very end of that schedule, that does help Cincinnati. But this is the committee who Gary Barta will try to find a way not to do it. He said last night, hey, you know, Strength of schedule is always part of the conversation with Cincinnati, but they did really good against SMU. Yeah, they did. They routed them 48 to 14. If Cincinnati has two close wins, close wins to end the season. And Oklahoma or Oklahoma State wins out. And they're, you know, I will believe that the committee actually did by Did right by Cincinnati. If we reach a scenario where a group of five team, excuse me, where a power five team with only one loss is left out of the college football playoff in favor of an undefeated Cincinnati team. Like if OU or Oklahoma State wins out and they're talking, everyone's saying, oh, yeah, their schedule's been bad. Yeah, but the back end of that schedule is a little more stacked and it's all, it, it's just a built-in excuse for the committee to say, well, you know, we looked to shrink the schedule. And, well, Cincinnati played Houston in the conference championship game and really it was a close game. And you look at what happened in the Big 12 championship game and blah, blah, blah. Don't get your hopes up yet. Don't. Eat the cheese yet? Now look. If Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, one of them, one of them is going to be playing. One of them is going to have a loss, and then what happens after that? Right. What happens after that? Because. You got a big 12 championship game on December 4th and Oklahoma's got a path to the big 12 championship game. If they can win in Stillwater, one of those two teams could take that spot from Cincinnati. Now, if Georgia beats Alabama, yeah, maybe it's a little different again. Cincinnati, you would look at it and say, okay, well, you got Notre Dame creep and they have one loss, but that loss is to Cincinnati. So there's no way the committee could talk themselves into that or talk everyone else into it. Oh, Ohio State leapfrog, Alabama from three to two. Who cares? Again, these things don't matter. They'll settle themselves. What matters is that right now, Cincinnati is four and everybody's freaking out like they might actually do it. And they might... But I, will, I, I would not, I would not trust the college football playoff committee right now to put them in over a one-loss group of five team. If Oklahoma State wins out, because Michigan and Ohio State have to play each other, so that'll settle that. Notre Dame's not going to leapfrog Cincinnati unless Cincinnati loses because Notre Dame's one loss was to Cincinnati by double digits. And all Notre Dame has left is a game against Stanford, who's three and eight and paying their coach over $9 million a year. But Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma and then win the Big 12 championship game? Where Oklahoma could... They they could vault themselves into contention. If everyone wins the games they're favored to win, you'll have Georgia and Ohio State one and two, and then as far as three and four go, let the debate begin. But I would not trust the committee just because they currently have Cincinnati at four. And if you're buying into the fact that Cincinnati somehow now controls their own destiny, only one entity controls the destiny of college football playoff teams, and that is the college football playoff committee. Do not kid yourself. Let's wait and see how all this plays out. If Cincinnati gets in, maybe it ends up being an easy decision, right? Let's say Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma. Oklahoma State loses a conference championship game or vice versa. Maybe it's Oklahoma, right? Ohio State beats Michigan. Alabama and Georgia. We'll see what happens with them. But it, let's just wait and see how all this plays out of this is the Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Now at 103.3 on the FM dial, 1420 on the AM, and streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app. If you're listening to us via the stream, that is brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. We'll take a timeout. Tell you a little bit about DraftKings, and when we come back, my man Luke Johnson coming on right here. TSP and Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings sportsbook that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sportsbook, because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home, and to celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers one hundred dollars in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook giving hundred bucks in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world, and have created one of America's top-rated sports book apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now and use code fourteen twenty when you sign up because when you do, hundred dollars in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it it is. That's code fourteen twenty to get one hundred dollars in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one eight seven 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 zero stop. Must be twenty one or older. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings dot sportsbook for full terms and conditions.
3: This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is the
2: NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls.
3: ESPN Lafayette ESPN and the ESPN Lafayette app
0: Hey sports fans, this is Rich Eisen reminding you to catch the Rich Eisen show every weekday from 12 to 3 on ESPN Lafayette Now, back to more of the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather
1: Open up my window
3: Things ain't to change. I keep a revolver with your name. I keep a revolver with your name. Just in case. Lay on my back watching the ceiling, fan. I had a dream and touchy kilogram. Still at odds with the Irish mob. Rose race down Malcolm X Boulevard. Lie, these really got your brand on me. Got the 40 on me and the stand on me. Snow White Mink like I'm Dutch Schultz. Run the books and let me show you how the numbers look. You can't be lucky like you, Luciano. The kilos coming like they do pianos. The fat boy got the big body. Coast to coast, I can shoot product. Open up my window again. Open up my window again. I can end up calling my name.
2: All right, welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. I am Scott Prather. It is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticketed sports. Luke Johnson, i uh, trying to run him down. He is scheduled to join me now. And uh, Luke is um, Luke's awesome and always generous with his time. And uh, as soon as we can get him on the line, we will get him on the air. But in the meantime, if you want to be a part of the show, we'll go ahead and open up phone lines for you until we do. 269-1077 is the number to call. 337-269-1077. You can email me as well, scott at uh, ESPN1420.com. Next week, that'll be scott at ESPNLafayette.com. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. You know, we get the Saints on Thanksgiving tomorrow. Um... I'm going I'm to be at the game, and, and you know, they're going to honor Drew Brees. He'll probably lead the Houdat Chan. He'll call the game all that. And the Saints have been on Thanksgiving a little bit in the last several years. You know, they've played the Falcons on Thanksgiving night a couple of times, and now they get the Bills, an unfamiliar opponent on a short week. Saints played Dallas on Thanksgiving once back in 2010 and beat the Cowboys. Dallas would have won, but Roy Williams decided to try to play hero. Malcolm Jenkins stripped him, and then Brees went right down the field and threw to Lance Moore. The Saints, when you look at when they played on Thanksgiving, they've won. But let's be real. When you think of NFL football on Thanksgiving, you don't think about the Saints, because they played a few times on Thanksgiving in the last decade. And prior to that, they never played on Thanksgiving. It's the Cowboys and the Lions that play every year on Thanksgiving. Not against one another, but against other teams. So if you want to watch some football on Thanksgiving, before the Saints game, you get the the Bears and the Lions. Led by Andy Dalton and some, some jabroni named Tim Boyle for the, for the Lions. That's what you get. Yeah. That's what you get in that one. Have fun with that, guys. Three and seven versus zero and nine. If you can actually sort of schedule your meal on Thanksgiving, maybe schedule it during that game because you ain't going to miss anything. I remember a game in 04, the Cowboys played the Bears, and I think the the, <laughs> the, the Bears quarterbacks were Jonathan Quinn and Craig Krenzel. And the Cowboys quarterbacks were Drew Henson and Vinny Testaverde. Maybe the worst NFL game ever played and in front of the entire country. I think after the game, everybody was talking about what they were thankful for and they were just thankful that that game ended. Three of the four quarterbacks that played in that game never threw another NFL pass again. Facts that happened. All right, I think we got him on the line now. My man, Luke Johnson, is with us. Good morning, Luke. What's happening, my friend? Happy Thanksgiving.
0: Good morning, Scott. Happy Thanksgiving. I apologize for that. I have my phone on. Do not disturb. It's all good, man. I um my mine's
2: mine's on that quite a bit. I well it is sometimes if I'm like trying to sleep. A lot of times I just have it set up where if it's if it's not a number I recognize it it just goes straight to my voicemail. So I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. it, I, I try to, I try to keep it on do not disturb overnight just because uh I get so many Twitter alerts on my phone,
2: um, oh, you got Twitter alerts set way
0: up. too much yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's
2: that's dangerous, man. All I know is when they made like all those Terminator movies and movies about like robots taking over in the future, I never thought it would be it would actually play out where. The robots taking over would be robo calls that just hit up our cell phones twenty four seven with now a text messages and oh click here to claim your prize and I, that that's really what's driving us insane that's what's going to end the world or the or the, the robo calls and texts.
0: I'll tell you what's driving me insane is Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter that's that's what's driving me insane. <laughs> uh, but no, Sky, Skynet's already in our uh, already in our Apple watches, man. It's it's, it's too late. It's too late. We already let him in. I just, I just watched it. just watched a video the other day. It was, uh, you know, the if it's like Boston Robotics or something like that. that yeah. People make those scary looking robots, and you know, they run like dogs and stuff uh-huh, like that. Uh
2: huh. <coughs> those always and freak me out when I see them. Always.
0: Well, I just saw a video the other day. These people like. <laughs> Two people in the video, one's shooting it with a gun and the other one's yeah. cracking it with a whip. With a whip. <laughs> He's coming at him. I'm like, what are you, what are
2: you doing? What, what kind of, <laughs> what, I, I, That's some weird robot stuff right there. The robot's just taking gunshots and whips. Like, I don't know if they're... Yeah. You know what? We you know what that probably is. That's probably Indiana... That's probably, I think they're making another Indiana Jones. Harrison Ford's like 90. That's probably just going to be a stunt double. It's just a legit robot. I, that's all I can think of. I don't know why else you would do that. Uh, Luke Johnson, our guest. You guys know him, uh, whether it be from his time years ago covering the Cajuns, whether it be his time covering LSU, or whether it be his time on the beat covering the Saints over the last couple of years. Uh, Luke, th- Thomas Morstead, you know, I wrote about this last night. Um, as as you've known as, as since you've been in South Louisiana, Luke, I'm sure as you learned probably when you were just in Lafayette and certainly now on the beat with the Saints is that uh, Saints and Falcons just, they don't get along. There is a healthy sports hatred that sometimes borderlines on unhealthy, but it's real. Um, Thomas Morstead was a guy that in his 11 seasons with the Saints ascended to fan favorite, and I think there are a number of reasons why, right? He was a humanitarian, he was a good player, but I think he really got the fan base. He had a legit relationship with them. It wasn't just on the surface. And so when he, when he signed with the Falcons yesterday, when he wrote, I acknowledge that this will pain many of my biggest supporters. All I can say is my love for new Orleans is as strong as ever. I I thought it was, I thought it was kind of perfect, but what has been some of the more notable reactions you've seen from fans regarding this signing? Uh,
0: Man, I, it, to be honest, I haven't, I haven't looked through the, uh, through the fans reactions, but, um, <laughs> I, I love that Thomas went there though. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. The guy has just, he, he's so, he's so aware of his place here, you know? Um, which like, like it, it is very just perfect that, uh, that New Orleans had a, a punter who became like a fan favorite here, you know, like a, like a, like a, a, a hero. <laughs> um, and, and Thomas is, uh, I mean, I mean, such a smart guy and and he just absolutely gets it. Um, and, uh, <laughs> like to see him reference that, that he is just, you know, Feeling their pain, yeah. uh, By by, like continuing his NFL career. It's it's this
2: juxtaposition, so man. For fans, I mean, yeah. the guy, the guy is announcing that he's continuing his career with the Falcons, and in that same announcement, he has hashtag Hoot at for life. Like you probably will <laughs> never see that again. Like this is like, Devontae Freeman. You know, was on the Saints for like a five minutes, but. He right. he went. I mean, you were at the press conference, right? He said, or the Zoom call. He was like, "Yeah, man, it's a dream come true to sound in New Orleans." Like, you know. Conversely, Morstead's like, "I know that a lot of you are hurting about this. Like, it's totally different, man. It's uh, because it's it's real, <laughs> what, what, and, and, what, what, and yet it's somehow kind of humorous. You know."
0: I, I think my favorite thing. I, I, I do. I did actually see one one comment, uh, but it wasn't from a fam, though. Uh, the the Saints team account uh, commented on his uh on his Instagram post and said, uh we hope you get the punt every play. Every play.
2: Every play. Every play. It's gonna be really weird. There there were some there were some really funny ones. There was <laughs> there's one I saw where a fan doctored up the, the photo to make it look like he, his he's holding up his contract in the picture. They made it look like it was a ransom note. Like you know, it was like help me, I've been kidnapped. They're all asking to look at my ring, so the fans are having fun with it. It will be really weird to see him uh in a Falcons jersey, but you know what? Uh the man wants to continue his career and and I get that, but it's 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 very unique. I don't know that there's another player uh, that that realistically could sign, right? A player that realistically could sign with Atlanta that would have the same kind of emotional reaction from their arch rival fan base and the saints then because you i mean someone could say breeze whatever that's we all know that's not going to happen he's not playing anymore Morstead is like the one guy i think that would create maybe maybe cam jordan but of course he's not a free agent he's not looking to continue work so Morstead was kind of the only guy that could have done what what he did and gotten the reaction that he got
0: yesterday no, he's a cult hero, and and you know, and he's also a punter. You know, <laughs> it's 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 gonna hurt a lot worse if he like crushes a fifty-eight yard punt against the Saints than it would if uh, if Cam Jordan's out there, you know, getting three or four sacks or something like that. Yeah,
2: uh, good stuff, Luke Johnson, our guest. Um, Luke, I I don't I really this is a question that I've been asked, and and you probably wouldn't have an answer, but I, I just wanted to get your perspective on it or if it's something you've been asked before. Um, I don't I don't know the intricacies of, of a team's medical staff, and I know in-game injuries are what they are. Uh, I, I've talked to players that have been on the Saints in the past that have opened up to me about whether it be a misdiagnosis, whether it be getting back out there too soon, um, you've had a number of Saints players that you know it looks like they come back they're going to practice and then there's a setback um it, it, notable players really good ones is there is there a potential issue here with with the medical staff or is is the injury bug this year just that just biting the saints over and over and over and it's just just part of the game
0: well i I think there's probably a little bit of both uh just being completely frank um you know, they've certainly just had their fair share of bad luck this year, right? Uh, just injuries to key players over and over, you know, the, the Michael Thomas thing, you know, that was kind of out of the same hands. That was in, in Michael Thomas's court and he didn't do what he needed to do. And then, um, you know, I think the setback was, was part of that. Um, but you know, they, they do have, they do have some new guys on their, on their training staff this year. You have Bo Lowry went to LSU, um, and yeah, I don't think that they're entirely happy with, uh, with what's going on there. Um, so, you know, without getting into like too much of the details, I, I, I don't know, like exactly, uh, like, like any exact concrete examples of, of guys being misdiagnosed or anything like that. Sure. But, um, I, I do, I do know that, um, that this is not, this is not something that, um, So What's the best way to put this, Scott? I, I don't think this is something that they feel was uh, was handled the best way this year. Like I, I don't think they've had this huge you know, this this rash of injuries that that you know I, I think was going to happen regardless. I, I don't think it's been handled the best way. Gotcha. Um, and you know, I, I I think there's a possibility there's a change at and some some level in their staff in the offseason.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's what, I'm going to be. Paying close attention to that, you know, it might be just one of those off-season notes that that kind of comes and goes. But I think if it happens, it's it's very notable this year um, because they are they're beat up. I mean, yeah, it's a short week, and they've got a lot of players on IR. They added two more yesterday, and their injury report for guys on the active roster is almost five times as long as Buffalo's. Uh, again, I. Some some people say, oh, well, it's you know injuries. It's just excuse. Blah 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 blah. I, I get that Sean Payton's fighting against that, and I don't know that injuries had anything to do with you know the, the Saints struggling to stop uh, the read option and struggling to stop Jalen Hurts. I'm not blaming it on all of the Saints' issues in recent weeks, but when you ha when you know when you're when you're missing QB one, running back one, two all-pro tackles, a Pro Bowl guard. Um, You know, wide receiver one, like your, ki- your Pro Bowl kicker, and you've been through, what, five now? Like, you can't – every team deals with injuries, but it's not like it's this blank, you know, this, this thing. Oh, everyone deals with it, so you just got to roll. Like,
0: eh,
2: not all injuries are yeah. created equal, Luke, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, and we're not just talking about, like, you know, RB1 and wide receiver one. We're talking about um, one of the best players in the NFL bar none right. and Alvin Kamara uh what would be like, the most important player to their uh, to what they try to do uh as a team and then um you know, a guy who 2 years ago was the NFL's offensive player of the year and every time he's ever been healthy he's caught like 120 balls a year I <laughs> like you know we're we're not we're not just talking about like scrubs that they're missing or even just like average NFL starters like these guys are superstars um Or in the case of Jameis Winston, their starting quarterback, you know, and there's, there's just, I was telling somebody this yesterday. Like every single person who plays in the NFL is really, really good at football. Like they're one of the best players in the world, and there is a huge gap between those guys and the elite players. You know, (laughs) like like Trevor Simeon is one of the 50 best quarterbacks in the entire world. Uh, Trevor Simeon. There's no comparison between him and Aaron Rodgers, right? No, no. None, none. And he's and he's and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the entire world. It's just when when you start you start taking out truly elite players, and I think they they're right now at least offensively missing four elite players um, with the two tackles and, and Kamara and and, uh, and Michael Thomas. I I mean that's it's impossible it's impossible to make that up and it doesn't matter how how good your scheme is and it doesn't matter you know how good your backups are those those players are are foundational cornerstone players and uh and if you start taking multiples out of there especially on one side of the ball at multiple levels it's just it's it's really it's impossible. There's the fact that they're five and five right now is just a miracle. You know, I don't. I don't know how they won some of those early games. Yeah, about yeah. some of these players.
2: And then it, the, the Tennessee and Atlanta game was right there for the taking. Um, I say for the taking. I mean, yeah, they,
0: you could they, argue they should be. They,
2: yeah, they should be better. But uh, <laughs> you know, last week was just they. They got. They got beat. Um, and and you, Sean Payton is so guarded with the injury questions, not because he doesn't understand why you guys are asking them, because he just doesn't want any kind of excuse to creep in and. And you're talking about the backups. Another thing I said about the Saints coming into this season is after the offseason that they had, I thought that they went from being a team with some of the most depth in the NFL to some of the least. And then this year, more than the last four years, you've had to rely on depth more than the previous four. And it's the year where suddenly your depth just isn't what it used to be. I mean, they're trying things. They're trying to figure it out. But the the difference is evident. And yet here they are. Five and five. Yeah, there's their first three game losing streak since 2016. But when you look at, you know, the sixth and seventh seed in the NFC playoffs, there's going to be like five teams fighting for those last two spots. And the Saints are one of them if they can kind of get off the schneid here. Now, you got the Bills tomorrow and, and Drew Brees will be a big focus and everything else like that. But the Bills are a team also. I, I, I almost feel like in, in some ways, Luke, it's a must win for both teams. For the Saints, got to get off the snide. For the Bills, I think their their realistic aspirations are different, right? I mean, they're looked at as sort of a Super Bowl contender and yet they've lost two of three. One of them was to the Jags. They got housed by the Colts. They turned it over four times and now they're on national TV. It's, it's kind of like, it's not like if the Bills lose, they're, they're out of the playoff hunt, but I think the doubt starts to creep in as to whether or not they're actual contenders. And so when you kind of put the measuring stick for each of these teams and what would be considered a, a very successful season for them, I look at this game tomorrow night in a lot of ways as a must-win for both sides.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is. I, so, you know, I was, I was looking back at it. Uh, you know, the Saints, I think, have only lost four consecutive games. Uh, I think three times under Peyton. I think it was fifteen oh seven. That might have been it, actually. It might have in tw- been
2: well, yeah, that's true. Because in twenty twelve, he wasn't the head coach. Yeah,
0: right, right. So, um, I was looking back at the last ten years of just NFL football. It's a little bit different this year with the seventeen game regular season, and uh, you know, last year they expanded the playoff field to seven teams. Um, but in the last ten seasons, there have been a uh, hundred and thirty five teams um, that have lost four straight games. And some of those teams lost it, like had multiple streaks of four, four games, uh, four losses. Um, eight of those 135 teams made the playoffs. Um, never more than one in a season. Um, so, you know, I, I, mean, it's not necessarily causality, right? Like a four game losing streak doesn't mean like you're automatically put playoffs It just usually means you're a bad team. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, when, when you're, when you're putting together those long streaks, um, it makes it. It, it obviously <laughs> makes it harder, right? It makes it harder to put together the type of record that, that gets you into the playoffs. And uh, and usually those teams that lose a bunch of like, that lose four games are, are one and done teams in the playoffs. They're they're wild cards or they're um, they're a, a, like a Panthers team that won the the division with a seven and nine record or something like that. So. Uh, they they want to try to avoid that, and obviously they got the Cowboys next week, and that's that's you know another challenging game. I mean, you could see this being a five-game losing streak, and if they're five and seven, um, after being five and two, uh, yeah, the 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 window for them to to get into the playoffs with some good teams still ahead of them on the schedule or is is you know, it doesn't look very good. Um, and then you know, I think you're absolutely right about Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo was also five and two. Um, and you know, that's a that's a team that I think had Super Bowl aspirations coming into the year. Josh Allen was an MVP candidate. Um, his first seven games, he had 21 touchdowns and four turnovers, uh, like 21 total touchdowns. Um, I, I mean, he's he was off to an awesome start, and then he started playing poorly, and the rest of the team has with him. Um, he's more turnovers than touchdowns the last three games. Um, so I, I think. These are two teams that have uh, you know, different aspirations for them. You know, everybody says they want to win the Super Bowl, but I think you know, if they're being realistic, the Saints wanted to get to the playoffs, and Buffalo wanted to get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they they are both going in the wrong direction toward those goals right now. Um, and you know, I, I still think, as of right now, just with who they have on their roster, Buffalo is a better team. Um, just if, if the saints go out there again without, you know, one or two of their tackles and alpha Kamara and, and, you know, two of their best defensive linemen, okay, I just have a really hard time seeing them stack up talent wise. Um, <clears throat> but if Buffalo doesn't win this game, they've got some serious, serious problems. You know, I, I think, um, yeah, you know, as muddled as the AFC picture is, and as 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 much time as, as really both teams have to kind of get things together, just because there's so many teams jumbled in there. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think if you're not winning this game, um, you know, you're you're basically just starting the starting the clock for for a disappointing end of the season. Um, yeah in my
2: opinion it's it's a big one and uh, the challenge is plentiful for the saints with a win you give yourself breathing room even if you lose to dallas you look at the stretch run you got some divisional opponents like atlanta and carolina you got miami and the jets in there you you got winnable games even as beat up as you are doesn't mean you're going to but you know games that aren't going to be as lopsided it's a uh, and then just with the injuries and it being a short week it, it's weird. It's hard to predict how this thing is going to shake out tomorrow. Um, and I, I obviously, if you know, the Bills turn it over four times, and the Saints can win. You know, I mean, look what happened with what, what the Colts did to them last week. But they protect the ball. It's it's going to be awfully hard for the Saints to get the win. Luke Johnson, our guest, ESPN Lafayette. This is the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Luke, let me ask you about Taysom Hill. Uh, Two part question. One, I, I I talked about it yesterday. Um, there's certain things that, that people believe on the internet or maybe even pre-internet, right? Like Phil Collins sure. in the air tonight. It was a song about watching someone drown. No, he said it was, wasn't about that at all. You know, Richard Gere, I'm not going to go there. You know, Rod Stewart. But there are these things that, 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 that sort of take on like urban legend. And Taysom Hill's last contract kind of did that. And I don't know if this new one will too. Uh, I look at it as, you know, the relieving cap for next year. They keep him at the same cost because I don't think he's ever going to be the full-time quarterback. But what can you tell us about this Taysom Hill contract, this latest one? Uh, Is it going to just turn into another, you know, in the air tonight sort of urban legend? And the follow-up is, is Taysom going to play quarterback at some point here down the stretch if he gets healthy? Or is, if Simeon's healthy, is he just going to continue to be the starter?
0: Two very interesting questions. Uh, so, first of all, I'm, I'm never going to, to claim to uh, to pretend to understand or know how football fans are going to react to something, <laughs> um, because it, it just continu- it continues to baffle me. Uh, who, what what gets people riled up and, and what doesn't? Um, but the the fact of the matter is, Taysom Hill is like one of the most polarizing players I've ever encountered. Um, people love him. People hate him. People despise him. People don't understand him. Um, and and there's very few people who are just like, yeah, he's an okay player. Um, everybody has just like an, an incredibly hot take about Uh him. Um, and it, and yeah, it really just ramps up the discourse when the saints do something like, Hey, we're going to assign this guy to a, a funny money four year $140 million extension. (laughs) Um, and, uh, and, Already the salary cap is a very hard thing to understand and and there are a lot of people who just really, really don't understand it because I you know, because because they don't have to. Because normal teams don't operate like this, right? <laughs> but Everybody down here is like, oh, yeah, of course, like that money is just going to void and it's not real money. You know, everybody, everybody in New Orleans is just like, you know, they're they're like in Stockholm syndrome with Kai Harley and Mickey Loomis running the salary cap. They're like, of course, this is this is the way it works. This is just, you know, don't you guys understand that they have like geniuses running this thing to make it look like something that it's not? It's smoke and mirrors. Don't you get it? And everybody's like four years, 140 million. Um. So it was actually really interesting. I think it was, uh, Dan Graziano, um, put out a, uh, like a tweet thread about this and you guys should check it out if, if, if you, you know, like learning some of these details. Um, basically, so, so the, the four year 140 million quote unquote extension that, that he signed this March was essentially the whole thing was going to void, and they set it up with the idea that they were going to assign him to uh, an extension before he hit free agency, um, <clears throat> because the the extension that he signed was was going to automatically void prior to the twenty twenty two season. Um, so there's a rule in the CBA that says you know you cannot sign. You cannot sign an extension, like two extensions in the same year, if the second one is going to pay you more money. So the reason they put it at $35 million a year, or whatever the the annual figure was, was because they they wanted to have the ability to sign him to an extension in the season without going over uh, the the dollar figure of the, the funny money deal if that makes sense. Like like they restructured the, the yeah, deal yeah. and made it automatically void so they could get some immediate cap relief, uh-huh. right? They, they added the, the void years to push money down in, in the, in the, into the future. And then they were like, okay, well, we're probably going to sign you to another extension. We're definitely not going to pay you $35 million a year or more. Uh, but if you're the starting quarterback, like, you know, you're like, maybe we'll sign you to a $25 million deal, you know? Or something like that 25 million dollars a year like if, if you're the starting quarterback and you're playing well so it, it was just it was it was all it was was like a smart accounting thing uh and now you know people are, maybe they'll they'll look at it and say oh you're paying Taysom hill 95 million dollars a year but you know i, I mean they're only going to be paying <laughs> it's, them it's, not, not 95 million yeah. 95 over four but you're only going to be paying them that if he's if he's your starting quarterback so you have the ultimate control over it. The only thing I'm I'm like uh I'm I'm curious as to how it's gonna work is how how the deal's structured. Um because, you know, if they're if they're like tied up against the salary cap that they go like, hey, sorry Taysom, like uh, we can only pay you $10 million this year. We're going to have to have somebody else play quarterback. It's, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, if it, if it um, comes
2: down to where like, they <laughs> run out of QBs and suddenly it's like, well, if we put them in for the rest of this game, we might have to, oh, oh we're, we're going to go over the cap. What do we do here? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that they'll ever get to that place, but it's something they're going to have to bear in mind. And to your point, Luke, looking at Graziano's explanation of it all, it, it seems like this is this extension, and he puts it in quotes, was basically in the works last year when they signed that, you know, or or whenever he signed that other deal, right? And and you can't rework a contract within one calendar year of its signing. So once the calendar year, because you can't raise the, the current year cap number. So that's why the, you know, $35 million was so obscenely high. And now they wait till after a calendar year and boom, the latest extension goes in and they spread it out and... Anyway, it's look, it's one of those things that the common fan of, of whether it be a Saints fan or another team is never going to really, I think, fully understand. And let's be honest, most of them on social media don't really want to understand. They just want to yell and make fun of the Saints or they want to be a Saints fan and yell at everyone and say, you have no idea what you're talking about. And then they just yell at everyone into a void and nothing ever actually gets done. And then, you know, as far as Taysom Mill the player goes, I mean, I, I'm with you. Polarizing is a great word to describe it. I I think he's the best athlete on the team. Um you could argue Alvin Kamara certainly. I mean nobody can do the things Kamara can do, but at the NFL level, how many can do what what Taysom can do? You know what I mean? And when he's healthy, might not be the starting quarterback, but man, he's a weapon and and they 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 could use a healthy Taysom Hill tomorrow night. I, if they if they want to be hoisting up turkey legs tomorrow, uh having Taysom in the lineup, somehow, some way, doing what he does best, I think could go a long way to them possibly being able to do that.
0: Yeah, he's really important to what they do. He really is. Um, and anybody who says he's not is is just lying to themselves. Um, yeah, may, maybe he's not like. A, yeah, maybe he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL, right? I still, I, I still think personally that that he would. Probably be a, a better option for them than than Trevor Samian. I've, I've said that since the beginning. A lot of people gave me grief for that, um, but there's just like a they have they have no weapons, right? And and I don't think it's, as much as I, I love Taysom as a football player. I don't think t- having Taysom Hill on the outside uh, as a slot receiver or whatever is like going to get the job done, um, and, and all of a sudden give you explosive weapons in the passing game. Um, so I just think he has a, he has a, like a level of, of dynamism at the quarterback position that you just don't get with, with Trevor. And, um, he, he can allow you to do some things where you're not completely dependent on the, um, Alvin Kamara or Mark Ingram or whoever is playing running back, uh, to, to go do right. Um, and I know you, you, you asked this question at the beginning and not just now, but I guess the answer now, I, I think if, uh, if he does get healthy, and I think the concussion and the foot injury played a huge part in this, but I think if he does get healthy, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see to see them turn to him for you know whatever it might be of the last four games, five games, especially if they get in a little bit of a rut here, uh, if Simeon can't pull him out. Um,
2: so that's kind of where we'll leave that. ESPN Lafayette, Luke Johnson has been our guest. Um, Final Saints question for you, Luke. What's your gut telling you right now is this team are they going to sneak into the playoffs which which if they do i think it's it's an amazing accomplishment based on uh what they had coming into the season and certainly the way the season has played out to this point, or are they likely going to continue a skid and, and just be on the outside looking in
0: uh my gut's telling me no i i just i'm at, I'm having a really hard time seeing them win either of these next two games, which is a shame because they're at home. <laughs> like they finally get to play some home games. Um, but I, you know, I think they're going to have a lot of guys out again tomorrow. Um, we'll get a, obviously a better idea today when the injury report comes out. Maybe they've been just hiding guys yeah. to, to give them at least another day of rest yeah. before the game. Um, but I, I'd have a, I'd have a hard time if, if they're missing Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, uh, Ryan Ramcheck again. Um <clears throat> It's really hard for me to see him to, to find a path to win that game unless you're just forcing five interceptions I mean, on Josh Allen.
2: Three new um, old linemen starting, backup tight ends starting, you know, backup yeah, receivers, I mean, third-string running backs that are coming off of IR, third-string quarterback. Like You're going to have to turn it over and do something good on special teams, which, you know, same special teams has been great, Luke, with one major exception, that being the kicking uh, of field goals yeah, in PAT, so. and PAT, yeah, <laughs> yeah hey,
0: hey, that's, really? that's the one that results in points. Yeah, that's what you need, <laughs> right? Um, so uh, yeah, I, I mean, just I, I think they could they could be five and seven after these next two weeks, and there's some winnable games in front of them, uh, and they could still they could still you know, they could conceivably rip off a, a five game win streak or, or, or go four and one and, and and go nine and eight and get some help, you know. Um, but it's it's just. They're going to probably have a real tough road ahead of them after these next two weeks. Right. Uh, if they can just win one of these games, I think they, they have a much better chance. But uh, as of right now, I'm saying no. All
2: right, Luke Johnson. All right, we're we're going to put the Saints to rest for now. Uh, follow Luke on Twitter if you're not already. I'm sure most of you are. But it's at by Luke Johnson. By Luke Johnson check out all his stuff on the beat covering the Saints for the uh, Tom Speue New Orleans advocate Nolacom you can get a lot more of his great stuff there um, quick 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 television question do you do you guys watch Yellowstone
0: I have not started Yellowstone yet no
2: okay all right well, we're gonna we're gonna pass on that then and go to something that I know is near and dear to your heart uh, uh, hashtag Luke eats right I mean you've been doing it for years. Tomorrow, I know you're working tomorrow night, but I also know you're going to you're going to have some Thanksgiving food. So, what what's the ideal Thanksgiving plate for Luke Johnson?
0: Oh man. Okay. The ideal plate is just loaded, right? Uh so we have some some turkey and uh you know Honestly, like we we did a little Friendsgiving thing last week and we got a, a Popeye's turkey. Oh those was uh, good. It was incredible. Man. Yeah. Like Cajun seasoning on it. Um, we popped it in the oven for like it was like three hours and it was done and uh it was outstanding. Uh so so let's let's go some turkey and some ham. Couple up on the meat, uh gravy on both. I want mashed potatoes. I want cornbread stuffing. I want a little bit of cranberry, not too much. I want some mac and cheese, some like real good mac and cheese. Let's see. I want some, uh, like some sweet potato uh, casserole. And then to close it all off, I want some pumpkin pie and some ice cream. -hmm. I think I'll I'll probably have like I'll probably double up on the food plate and then probably double up on the on the ice cream
2: too. Now, do you need to eat early Thursday because you got to get to the dome early for work? But with a plate like that, you also are going to need a nap.
0: Yes, that's that's the the challenge of covering a game on Thanksgiving. Honestly, Uh, so uh, so I I I moved to Louisiana with one of my buddies from the Marine Corps and his family's from Metairie, Uh, and then my wife's family has a tradition where they go to the, uh, it's, it's like kind of a new Orleans thing that the horse racing track here, like their first race of the year is, it's always on Thanksgiving. And, um, and we go and we dress up and everybody has their mimosas and their bloody Marys. And you know, since I'll be working, I'll be having an orange juice, um, go out there, watch a couple of those, probably eat some, eat something at the track, head out to Metairie, eat like an early, like Thanksgiving lunch, catch a little bit of the first game. Beacious, um, though. And then go to uh, my in-laws' house and probably catch another, eat another plate of food. Um, there's going to have to probably be some exercise in there just to work up a little bit of an appetite. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's it, it's like it's really tough to like to navigate the two meals. Plus, I'll probably be eating at Super Superdome. I'm I'm going to gain like 10 pounds on Thursday. <laughs> it's
2: great, Lukey's Thanksgiving. That's what the hashtag is for uh, tomorrow. All right, man. Well, look, I I know you got to start preparing. I know you being a a, a veteran, a marine, um, you, you went through a lot of training for that. And I, I think for a day like tomorrow, for a man of your talents, you got to. Yeah, I know you've been training for a day like tomorrow with the food aspect and the work aspect. So, I enough enough conversation with me. I'm gonna let you get to training, get to work, and good luck tomorrow.
0: The key is to put yourself in position and never say no. So. <laughs> I think I might just go run like ten miles real quick
2: here. So. Good luck, man. Hey, dude, all the best. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm thankful you're, you're always generous with your time. It's always fun talking to you on these airwaves, and um, all the best, man. And uh, we'll be reading your stuff and enjoy that game tomorrow night.
0: Sounds great, Scott. Thanks for having me on, man. I always appreciate coming on with you. You got it, brother.
2: That is Luke Johnson, our friend from the Times Picayune, the Advocate, NOLA. dot com, covering the Saints. Dr. Brian Maggard, Director of Athletics for Louisiana's Ragin' Cajun, scheduled to join me to kick off next hour. He'll be in for a bit. May get some other stops in the building as well, and uh, I don't know if he'll be in right when we come out of the next uh, this next break, but uh, he'll be in shortly thereafter. Cajun's got senior day on Saturday basketball home game sat, uh, Saturday morning as well. Rage case women's basketball on the road tonight at Southeastern we'll have it on our Airwaves ESPN Lafayette pregame 6:45. Don't go anywhere. Great Scott show continues after this on ESPN Lafayette the best ticket in sports. <laughs> What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings sports book that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sports book because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home and to celebrate. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook giving 100 bucks in free bets just for signing up today, no deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up. Because when you do, $100 in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it hits. That's code 1420 to get $100 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one 877 stop Must be 21 or older. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. Drivepinks.com slash forcebook for full terms and conditions. Hello, everybody. Welcome into hour number two of The Great Scott Show. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We got Rage the Cage women's hoops for you tonight, we got men's hoops. Most of the season, whenever there starts being overlaps, you can catch men on uh, KPL FM only. Whenever they don't overlap, they're simulcast. Of course, football simulcast here and on Hot. A lot of Cajun sports, and here to talk to us about some Rage Cajun sports is the director of athletics, intercollegiate director of <laughs> president of uh, the the actual title is some. It's hit or uh, miss. Some days it escapes me. President of his own planet. How's that, Dr. Brian Maggard? owner of his own planet, uh, is our guest right now. Good morning, man. Happy Thanksgiving. Good
1: morning. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy hump day. It's Wednesday. We're midway through the week.
2: So what did you have any like Thanksgiving traditions growing up?
1: A lot of eating, watching football, taking naps.
2: Sounds like the best kind. The best kind. Was there like a certain dish growing up in Kansas, or was uh, it you the know, basic? Pretty traditional. You know,
1: traditional. You know uh, good turkey. You know, I like, I prefer the the white meat with a little bit of like a, a, a white light gravy on it. Not a big dark gravy fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm the opposite. You yeah, me dark yeah, meat, dark gravy. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, in your traditional sides, mashed potatoes. Um, Carrie now makes this incredible. It's a, uh, sweet potato dish that really tastes like a dessert. Yeah. A lot of butter, a lot mm-hmm. of brown sugar. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, she makes homemade rolls, which are out of this world. And so, uh. I, I i never you're leave gonna the eat table a hungry that's you're gonna, right
2: you're gonna eat you're gonna eat a lot uh that's not uncommon uh, well happy thanksgiving to you and your my family voice. uh one thing to be thankful for is a football team that's won <clears throat> ten games in a row uh I know that some fans are disappointed they're not in the college football playoff rankings in my opinion you know they might be later they may right. not but it it's finishing the human polls and yeah. go from there that's right just, you know that's right it, it's not like it's going to my point is i don't think them being ranked this week or not is going to change the direction of where this season is heading that's it, correct it really has no impact on what's going on right now um and what's going on is you're you're trying to win out you're trying to win 13 in a row you're trying to climb up the rankings and and you're trying to send your seniors off with a special senior day on saturday and that's right Sometimes that home game after Thanksgiving, Dr. Maggard, isn't the most well attended game mm-hmm. each year. Hopefully that's different this year because this team that just keeps winning, they deserve it. These seniors deserve it. And there's so much excitement about the week after, and I get it. But, man, the regular season finale is in your backyard, Saturday.
1: Yeah. You know, we, we need people of both games, to be honest with you. We need to come out and send these roughly 20 seniors off the right way. You know, when you look at their win loss record during their time at UL, it's pretty phenomenal. Um, To your point about, you know, winning 10 straight, you know, I always tell people it's hard enough in this industry to win 10 games in a season, let alone 10 straight, 10 in a row. That's, that's phenomenal. And so there's, you know, we're in a very elite category of football teams right now that have that level of win streak this season. And so, yeah, we need people to show up, um, you know, have a great Thanksgiving, spend time with family. Saturday, come out, uh, start tailgating early, you know, as early as seven, eight o'clock kickoff is at three, I believe uh ESPNU. Um just come and have a great time. The weather's gonna be nice and uh let's send these seniors off the right way. Either cook some more or heat up leftovers.
2: Absolutely. So, and if you want to uh get to the Cajun Dome and, and do a little double header action, men's hoops 11 at eleven o'clock. and then uh it. football at three, but tailgate in between, mm-hmm. get it get it all in. Um wh- I know that most folks season ticket holders mm-hmm. at least got the message about the conference championship right. game. For those that aren't season ticket holders that want to be there um, first of all how can they get tickets right. and secondly what's been the, I guess the most asked question in terms of a conference championship game and how the game day experience may be any different from say a regular season
1: yeah. game? well first of all this game is really owned by the Sunbelt Conference right so they'll come in we will obviously staff it you know from a game management game operations standpoint But they will cover all the costs therefore the ticket revenue goes to the conference office to pay for the game in essence and then um, you know so it's their game they'll credential it you know it'll it'll just like our normal routine won't quite work uh, as well in terms of like my as an example my staff credential will not be honored right I'll have to have a Sunbelt credential stuff like that kind of like a bowl game if you will Um, but other than that it's pretty normal you know we uh, we have uh, GA tickets on sale for twenty five dollars I would encourage people, go to the Dome if you can. You're going to save some money on some fees, you know, as opposed to going online.
2: cajun dome box office, go buy it in person. Go
1: buy it in person, Um, but certainly you can go online if you need to. Um, Go to RagingCajuns.com, go into the ticket icon, and and you you can get it there. We've got a lot of good reserve seats as well, too, though. I mean, like over on the west side in the uh, chairbacks, we've had a handful of season ticket holders who we've called, you know, to push their tickets uh, on them, and for whatever reason, they're not going to be able to make it. So we've got some tickets open right now. So if you want a really good reserve seat, they're thirty-five dollars. And uh, but we need to pack Cajun Field on that day. We, you know, I'm going to say thirty thousand plus. But dang it, if we can't get forty thousand people there, then I'm going to scratch my head because this is what it's all about. You know, this team has worked hard. This program has worked hard. Um, you know, we have established uh, ourselves. We've we've earned the right to host the championship game. And we need Acadiana, Lafayette, and the University of Louisiana to show up. A home game in the month of December. It's... Yeah, when? When's the last time that? I, I don't know if it's ever happened.
2: It, it may be one year when Thanksgiving was like really late. I guess maybe mm-hmm. it was like December 1. But, but you're hosting a conference championship yeah. game. It's, um,
1: this is the biggest stage as it gets. You know, we'll kick off at 2.30 on ESPN, the flagship. Do not settle. If you are in this area, do not settle for watching that game on TV. Get out to Cajun Field. Have a great time. Tailgating is going to be phenomenal. Uh, going to be a beautiful day. What I'm seeing, the forecast already, is going to be a beautiful day. And uh, as always, Russo Park will be open. We'll have bands. It'll be fun. Come out. Celebrate.
2: Few differences, but in terms of of the fan side of things, if you get your tickets, tailgating's open, concessions are the
1: same, all of that. Correct. That's right. So we'll, we'll be beefed up in, in all the areas to make sure that we don't have any glitches and uh, because we want people to have a great experience. But absolutely, come out. Come support this team and watch us win an outright championship.
2: How, how have the the concessions, I, I know it's been a topic of conversation for fans kind of off and on throughout the season, some good games, some games where there were glitches. What's been the process of improving that throughout the year?
1: Well, it's it's continuously meeting with our concession partner, Sodexo, and, and their leadership, making sure that you know we have the adequate uh, – staffing and we've got maps and and plans laid out to make sure that we have enough points of sale to take care of a large crowd. You know, the most recent game, unfortunately, we had a couple local vendors, I've said this before, that just couldn't show up at the last minute due to um, uh, help. They couldn't get people hired to to come work. So that put a lot of pressure and strain on our normal concession bays and it just creates havoc and it's a domino effect. So we're going to work very hard to make sure that all of our vendors are equipped and ready to go and uh, have a great experience for our fans.
2: Dr. Brian Maggard, our guest. This is ESPN Lafayette. I'm Scott Prather. Um, Raging Cajun football this Saturday against ULM, uh, 3 o'clock ESPNU uh, senior day, and then a week later you're hosting the conference championship game. Uh, I think because of this season and, everything going into it, whether it be coach's name being out there, whether it be – I think a big part of it is where I'm going with this is because you're in a conference championship game, the focus on the bowl game has not mm. been – it's coming, mm. but it has – it usually, I mean, I, I we start getting questions, you know, November 1 about it. and Oh, where is this? Where is that? What's the What's the bowl process like in a season like this one where, you know what, the focus right now is – a lot of it's on yeah. this Saturday and, of course, on December 4th, and not so much about where they're going after that. It's picked up a little bit this week, but it, it's different this year.
1: It is because, you know, because we are hosting, to your point, we've really been focused on the, just the, you know, the implementation of, of everything, getting ready for the December 4th game, working with the conference office closely and making sure that we are ready and put on a great event for that. Well, Friday evening before, on December 3rd, we'll have a commissioner's reception that we'll host. And. You know, just some of the pomp and circumstances, uh, circumstance <laughs> uh, centered around a, a game like that. And so, we, yeah, we really haven't looked too far ahead or much further past that. And so uh, it is different in that way, but uh, we know that uh, we'll probably have a fairly quick turnaround and play in a bowl game and uh, hopefully have a 13-win season.
2: There you go. I, I, I know that um, last year the Sun Belt announced some new bowl tie-ins and sort of pecking order. My understanding is that this year there's not necessarily a, a pecking order with the bowls as far as who gets first pick. Is it more just open
1: season? Well, so actually within our contract uh, with all the, the five bowls, the Sun, oh, excuse me, the New Orleans Bowl does have a, a, a clause in there that allows them to pick first, and I would guess that they're going to exercise that this year. Okay. So if they
2: want if they want to go first, it doesn't have to be a conference champions so we get we get first correct. Game.
1: That's right. New Orleans the New Orleans Bowl would and and you know, as we sit here today, you know, it it appears as if uh, the New Orleans Bowl would pick the Cajuns.
2: Yeah, I think that's that would I think they would be dumb not to. That's right. Um you look at the biggest crowds <coughs> in the history of that of that bowl game. It's it's been when the Cajuns have been in the game. Uh and you know, there could be a lot of things in terms of opponent, in terms of Coach Napier, a lot of things about that game. I mean, I'm not telling anyone to go out and book your tickets now, but if there was a leader in the clubhouse, I think
1: you could yeah, put I it together
2: so. and say, yeah, I think it would shock me if, if you guys were not there first.
1: Yeah, I think so. And then, uh, you know, But we'll know on December 5th. Sunday, December 5th is when the bowls will be announced. And uh, once we know where we are going, we will absolutely uh, start – promoting that and letting our fans know when, where, and how to buy tickets. ESPN Lafayette. All right. So good to know there.
2: Um, Coach Napier. I've heard of him. Yeah, I bet you have. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I said this with uh, Jay Walker yesterday. Um, I've had these conversations with you the last two years mm-hmm. around this time about his name being out there and schools being interested. It does feel a little different this year, um, and that's just, my opinion for various reasons. You guys always talk about transparency. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's what's the process been like with him and mm-hmm. you whenever his name is out there and reportedly schools are, yes. are zeroed in on him?
1: Well, whether it's we sit down and talk in person or talk over the phone, you know, the, our last conversation was Monday morning of this week, two days ago. And, uh, I, you know, he and I are going to try to get together on Friday morning and talk a little bit more, you know, but. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel very blessed because it's not always where you have a head coach and their representative, right, their agent uh, being so communicative and so transparent, right? And so uh, Billy works with a gentleman named Ed Mernowitz. He's fantastic. You know, he and I talk a lot. Bill and I talk a lot. Obviously, he and Billy talk a lot. And um, I couldn't be more appreciative of the openness uh, from a dialogue communication standpoint Uh, than what I have as an athletics director with my head football coach and his agent. Has has he been interviewed recently? You know, I'm always... uh, I put myself in the other chair, right? And so to not... uh, I guess out of respect to the processes, right, of my counterparts at other schools, I won't comment on that, but uh, I can tell you this, the reports are accurate. People are are interested in Coach Napier, as they should be, as they should be.
2: Uh, Coach Billy Napier is done amazing things he's one of the the bigger names in college football and right now he's the head coach of Louisiana has been now in his fourth season and he's won a lot of games and he's done amazing things yeah. I know you Dr. Maggard have told us in the past mm-hmm. that you whether it be a situation like this whether it be the COVID season you always wanted to have plan A, B, C, D, mm-hmm. and E in place if a certain shoe were to drop that's right I uh,
1: I imagine that, that those are in place right now. <laughs> you know, I would be uh, doing our athletic department, our football program, and certainly our university a disservice if we weren't. You, know, you have to be ready, but, but we were ready last year. You know, we were ready the year before, right? So you just have to be in this industry, and I'm nothing special. You know, all of my counterparts across the country would take that same approach. So it's just kind of what you, it comes with the territory, and you know, I always tell people it's so much better than the alternative, right? It's Absolutely. so much better than the alternative, and so, uh, but no, I am very excited for Coach, right? And uh, <clears throat> like you, like everybody else, I don't know where it's going to end up. I really don't. Uh, if I knew that, uh, maybe I would. I uh, may, may not say it, but I, I may not. I certainly wouldn't come out and say I don't know. Sure. And so, um, you know, time will tell. But uh, I am really happy for Coach, happy for Allie and the and the kids, because you know whatever happens, they're going to land somewhere good, even if that's here in Lafayette, right? It's always good to have options. And, um, you know, for him, the body of work that he and his staff and the team have done is phenomenal. It's getting the recognition that it should. And, um, but I, I will say this, you know, our best days lie ahead. I really believe that, you know, when we open up a renovated stadium in 2023, uh, if coach is our coach at that time, fantastic. If he's not, we're going to have a phenomenal coach. We're going to have a phenomenal staff. We're going to have a phenomenal roster, right? And so our best days really lie ahead when you think about the enhancements that we're going to have you know, in, in starting in 2023 from a facility standpoint, we will always continue to find ways to grow and invest in our our programs. And so I'm excited. And uh, <clears throat> I, I, I will always say this, I hope Coach Napier is here as long as I'm here. But if that isn't the case and such a good opportunity presents itself that he feels he has to take it, uh, there will be nobody more happier for him than myself.
2: Dr. Brian Maggard, I guess, as long as you're here, you, you planning on leaving, Dr.
1: No, not at all. <laughs> we got a lot of work to do. I, I was blessed to be given a five-year contract by Dr. Savoal. I'm in that first year of a new five-year deal. <clears throat> I absolutely want to get a lot of things done here. I want to get see that stadium renovated. We, I want to get a baseball clubhouse built. I want to get EK Long renovated for a volleyball program. We need to do some things in the Cajun Dome for both our men's and women's basketball programs. And we need a, a renovated, almost new tennis complex. So that's a lot of work to do in a short amount of time. And uh, I'm going to take every every minute I have to
2: get it done we talk often about football in college athletics being a driving force you got a lot of you got a lot of teams on the bus but football kind of kind of drives mm-hmm. it in sure. terms of does, that's how right. fast or how far it can go whatever metaphor you want to look for there. right you hear it a lot and as an AD I'm sure you see it could you offer I guess some specificity in regards to what the success of football the last few years has done mm-hmm. like what it actually yeah.
1: like looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think from a initially it, what it has done, it has elevated the profile, really, the University of Louisiana as a whole—not just our football program, but it certainly has our football program. It certainly has our athletic department. It has elevated the brand of Louisiana, right? And so, you know, when I uh, two years ago we we implemented a a, a strategic plan, and, and really the 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 vision of our plan, right, is to be was to become a nationally prominent Division One athletics program. I think we're that. Mm-hmm. I really do. We've achieved that vision. We got to maintain that vision now, right? <clears throat> but um, so I think first and foremost, it has elevated the profile. I think uh, you know we haven't done any studies of late, but there's no doubt in my mind it has boosted you know the economy of this area, um, not to the level it can by any means, but. We have, I think, started to scratch the surface surface in that space as it as it goes with uh, uh, helping Lafayette and, and the Cadiana region. But um, and also, you know, we know that our uh, admission applications are up, right? So a year ago, now this is not by no means is this just sports related, right? We but got Paul a lot. helps of, though. We got a lot of people out there working very hard, you know, to try to to recruit students uh, to come to UL. But the last figure I got, I think, you know that going into the COVID year, which is different. It was a different animal. We were maybe somewhere around 1,500 applicants. We're we're well over 4,000 right now for this next year. And so, yeah, I think uh, again, it it just elevates the profile. People want to be associated with winning. You don't have to be a sports fan, but if you know that, you know, there's a university out there and they're getting a lot of positive publicity on the athletic side, I think it helps. You're going to rep it. I think it helps. You're going to rep it.
2: Dr. Brian Maggard, our guest, ESPN Lafayette. I'm Scott Prather. Uh, circling back to Louisiana versus ULM. This Saturday, it's senior day, 3 o'clock kickoff at Cajun Field. A week later, 2.30, Cajun Field, Sunbelt Coverage Championship game against App State. Um uh, how can folks, if they don't already have tickets, how can they get tickets to both of these games and, right. and what are some of the slight differences?
1: Well, I'll, again, I'll, I'll just go back to, you know, if you can, get over to the Cajun Dome, right? Buy them there. Um, but if you need to go online, that's absolutely fine. It's doable. and But you always pay a premium, right, for that convenience. And so if you want to cut down on the fees a little bit, get over to the Cajun Dome, uh, buy your tickets. You know, for ULM, it's the regular deal. And my very favorite package that we have from a ticketing standpoint is that McDonald's Family Four Pack. Right, for 50 bucks flat, you get four tickets and you'll get, I think, four quarter pounder meals, right, for free. And so, um, and then free parking over at the Light Center. Nice. And so, uh, that's the best deal in America, in my opinion, especially to watch a top 25 football team. So, go get the McDonald's Family four pack if you can. Uh, Otherwise, you can get uh, GA tickets and reserve seating tickets if you want to. Um, And that's for the ULM game. Not a whole lot different for the championship game is uh, again go over to the dome and you can buy a, a general admission ticket for $25 or a reserve seat uh, for $35 and there will be fees on top of those prices but uh, if you go to the dome like i said you'll pay less fees but, but we need a packed house for both but really that, that championship game you know boy we're going to be on ESPN the flagship and so when that camera is you know scanning our east uh, east uh, bowl we need that Packed. We need a great student crowd, and I really believe we're going to have that. And so uh, I'm looking forward to it. And But Acadiana, please come out. Watch this team finish the right way.
2: This team just keeps winning, ranked in the top 25, 10 wins in a row. They'll go for 11 this Saturday, Louisiana versus ULM. Then UL versus App State a week later. And then maybe... New Orleans, I would say that's conventional thinking because the bowl gets first pick. I imagine they'd want the Cajuns, though that would not be solidified until December 5th. So don't tell anyone that Scott and Brian said, it's definitely happening. Just, <laughs> no, no, by I'm no means. Just, I'm just, you know, yeah. I'm not the smartest guy. I'm just putting
1: some just right. educated that's guesses. That's right. We had, we had our first uh, conference bowl meeting uh, yesterday, and indicators were, you know, that UL could end up in the New Orleans Bowl. We'll have another call on Monday of next week. And... Um, you know, as things happen, but, uh, well, it'll, it'll drill down. But on Sunday, December 5th is when we'll know and when we will announce.
2: There it is. Dr. Brian Maggard has been our guest. All the best, Dr. Maggard, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, all the best. We'll, uh, we'll see you Saturday out of Cajun Field. That's right.
1: Appreciate you having me on.
2: All right. Don't go anywhere. The great Scott show continues right after this. College football playoff committee. Don't trust him yet. I'll tell you why. What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings sports book that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy. Aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sports book because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. And to celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers one hundred dollars in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook given a hundred bucks in free bets just for signing up today, no deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top rated sports book apps. DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up. Because when you do, $100 in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it it is. That's code 1420 to get $100 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one stop Must be 21 or older. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. Hey,
0: this is Rich Eisen, and you can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to three on the Rich Eisen Show.
3: ESPN Lafayette. ESPN ESPN Lafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app.
2: into the Great Scott Show. It's ESPN Lafayette. That was a um, educational discussion there with Dr. Maggard. You could read into it a little bit. Learned a couple of things. You know, I, I don't know, like he doesn't know what's going to happen with Coach Napier, but it does feel different this time around. And obviously it Judge for yourself, but he's ready whenever the next shoe drops to 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 have a plan in place. And you know, if 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 and when Billy leaves UL, whether that be in a few weeks or in a few years, and I would say it's more likely the former than the latter. It's not like they're going to start over with respect to Mark Hudspeth and that staff when Billy got to UL. There was a process where you weren't starting from scratch, but you weren't on the train track yet. You were still building the train station in a lot of ways. There was a lot to clean up. That wasn't necessarily the case when HUD took over for Bustle. I'm not saying Bustle had them built into the nine-win team that HUD eventually took them to become in year one, but there were a lot more ancillary parts that were ready And so it's not like you're leaving and it's like, well, we got to kind of get this train on the track first. No, the train is on the track. The train is rolling. Whatever the next step is, whoever the next hire would be, whenever it may be, it's not like it's, oh, well, culture's off the track. Got to redo this whole thing. No, man, it's just about keeping the train rolling forward. That's it. It is in a much different place than it was just four years ago. Four and a half years ago. Facts. Right? ESPN Lafayette, I'm Scott Their Phone lines are open 269-1077, 269-1077. Glenn Gilbo reporting that Coach Napier is one of three finalists for the LSU job, though they've zeroed in on... Dave Aranda first. And who knows if, you know, Billy would take it or not. I know Florida has been interested for a little while, even before the Dan Mullen news came down. Virginia Tech's had interest. Right now, Coach Napier is interested in just winning Thursday and keeping this thing rolling as far as the 2021 season goes. But uh, interesting to note what Dr. Maggard said about working with Billy I mean I said has he been interviewed he said look out of respect for Billy you know he I, I won't divulge all of those things um, but you know anytime I talk to him or his agent it's it's great open transparent discussions and that's that's how he left it and I could tell you guys in working in this industry that's not always the case some agencies can be uh, Richards and some, and maybe it's not the agency. Sometimes it's a coach that's like, you know, you tell an agent, "Get me out of here, get me there, get me this, get me that." And and and, and Billy doesn't strike me necessarily as that. He sort of just kind of waits his time, lets things come to him, and then makes educated decisions from there. As he told me on Monday, right, a lot of reflection, a lot of reflection, a lot of prayer. And as far as how this thing is being handled, it's unavoidable. But I think the situation's unavoidable. You got a coach, it's a hot name, having a ton of success, it's going to happen. And yet how it's being handled, I think it's being handled very well. I'll say that. I'll say that. Um, Levi Lewis was, you know, not part of Coach Napier's recruiting class, although he has developed into a very good quarterback. But a lot of the players... It's not so much just about players either. It's about the culture of an entire program and what he's been able to do. 269-1077. You can email me as well, scott at ESPN1420.com. Jake emails. He says, Scott, answer me one question. Why isn't you all ranked in the college football playoff? Jake, I don't know because it's the college football playoff committee, but it doesn't really matter, Jake. It really doesn't. It doesn't. Whether UL is ranked 25th or 24th, and they probably should be. There's four lost teams in there, and there's only one, one lost team in college football that's not, and that's UL. But and that Texas lost a certain, but it's 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 not going to really make a difference about where the team is going. Like, in terms of a bowl, in terms of a conference championship, where they're ranked. And if they keep winning in the final college football playoff rankings, they'll be fine. But most of the time, you look at your final ranking in the human polls at the end of the year. A lot of it's just for game notes, things like that. Keep winning. You know, it doesn't matter. And, and look, Cincinnati's fourth right now. And a lot of people are saying, well, they control their own destiny. Yeah, come on. Let's let's wait and see how this thing plays out. This is the college football playoff committee, okay? If Oklahoma State wins out, don't be surprised if they let them leapfrog Cincinnati, who, you know, might beat East Carolina and Houston. Two good teams. Houston, a very good team. They've won 10 in a row. They're in the top 25. If they beat them by, say, a touchdown each and Oklahoma State beats their, wins their two games by a bunch, they'll, they'll, they'll... I have no doubt they'd put a one-loss Big 12 team and let them leapfrog Cincinnati. So don't don't be... Don't bite the cheese on the college football playoff committee. Week to week, it's the same outrage. It's the same. What's going on this past week? It was you know last night. It was oh wow, well, Cincinnati. Maybe they can do it. They control their own destiny. Yeah, the wolf Harvey Keitel in Pulp Fiction. Think of that. Give it a little time, guys. Give it a little time. Two six nine ten seventy seven. Let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello.
3: Oh, man. Hey, man, what I I noticed for the past four years on this station? Um, To to big up someone, we have to put someone down. And then while we put that person down, we have to big up the person before as if that person needs any type of retrospect or, you know, um, respect. And I respect for uh, Bustle. I was actually at school when uh, Bustle was there, uh, attending the college um I understand what he had to take over uh, from Baldwin which who of course was a um a token hire. but anyway um I, 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 I noticed that from the station that
2: hello I know yeah I'm that, listening you know, I, I, hey, I, I think good, I think you're nature. reading too much into my comments I mean hud was did a so really I good, good job my point was more about what when he when he was let go not at the height of not year 4 when they you know were probably at their peak under Hud and were a really good team when he was let go the program was in a very different place in terms of where it will be whenever whoever the next head coach is that replaces Billy Nate yeah but we knew
3: he we knew he was a sitting duck that last year I know there had some uh, some things that were going on with some players uh, outside the program of course we i'm talking about you know criminal stuff then of course the situation with the um with the grades or something or whatever, yeah, there,
2: was, there was there was a you lot. Know? I mean, it's just my my point is there are a lot of folks that that are treating if you know when Napier gets hired by someone else, like it's going to be this sort of reset, and it's not. I mean, look, don't get me wrong, you got to get the hire well, right, you got to get the hire right, but it's not like the yeah, program's yeah. in the place that it was when when HUD was gone, or as you said, when when Baldwin was gone. I mean, it's 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 different for each team. You know, where you start from in the okay, race is worth is worth pointing out. I yeah. don't, I don't look at it as tearing someone down. I mean, it's it's analysis.
3: Not so much. I, I once again I said this station, up so I didn't say you in particular. Um, I'll tell you what I'm not thankful for. You know, I know tomorrow is okay. you know, Thursday. Um, but I tell you what I'm not thankful for. I'm not thankful. And, and Scott, this has nothing against you because you know I don't. It's been said ad nauseum that you know you you can't control this, uh, but I tell you what I'm not thankful for. Man, I'm not thankful for um, no afternoon shows. In the, um man, I, I'm whew. hey, I didn't think anything of it, right? I didn't think, oh yeah, you know, they, they people make changes all the time. But man, Scott, there's literally no afternoon show local. You know, I, across the tracks. You know, that's my term terminology for FM. Now, I know y'all don't have him,
2: No, no, listen. I get it. And Brad's it's not from the same, man. Four, There's but no energy, man. Uh... Stay tuned.
3: There's no energy. That's all I have to say, man. So I'm not thankful for that. But, um,
2: I'm not either. I'm winter, not either, man. but stay tuned. And,
3: I, and I, thank, I thank all the callers. I'm, you know, that's why. That's why I, even though I don't work there, but I just thank all the callers. I love hearing their insight, whether it be good or bad. It's all good.
2: Thank have you. Have a good one, man. <laughs> ESP and Lafayette, good morning. How are you?
3: Wow. That's all I'm going to say. All right, Scott, good morning, man. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, my friend.
0: You too. Uh, Scott, man, you said it doesn't matter on the end the rating. Like, I'm not a huge UL fan, but they deserve their due. Uh, when they, you have a, a name brand coach here, a name brand uh, quality team, they deserve to be uh, voted in the top 25. I know you said it doesn't matter, but i like to see Lafayette
2: uh, in the top 25. Well, first of all, Lafayette, Lafayette is a school in Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Come no, on. I don't. Uh, come on. it's it's. Listen, if their name was in the college football playoff rankings, it would say Louisiana in it. I, I, I'm not saying they don't well, deserve it. I'm not saying they don't deserve it. What I'm saying is to get Ben out of shape about it, about being ranked 25 oh, right, right, or not being ranked... True it's the college football playoff rankings. Like, they're around for a month every year. It's not like the human polls. I think the human polls, which are in all the papers, I think that, because it's more long-term, now it's different if you're trying to get in the college football playoff or in a select six bowl, Mm -hmm. but as far as the very back end of it, I I, I think the human polls carry a little more weight in terms of cachet or recognition, if you will, uh, than something that everybody, than, than something that I think... Almost the entire country of sports fans rips all the time, which is the College Football Playoff Committee.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, I think the I think the committee Scott to me is a joke. I uh, think someone got it right this past, but they're they're a joke, man. Uh, but anyway, uh, happy Thanksgiving, Scott. Uh, to you and your family, my friend. Thank all you. right,
2: man. Enjoy that turkey. ESPN Lafayette. Good morning. Welcome in, Scott. Yes, you hear me. What's yeah, up, I hear brother? you. How are you?
0: Good. How are you? It's been a while. It's,
2: it's been a minute. a minute. It's been a minute, man. It's been a minute.
0: Yeah, I live out of state now, so I don't get to hear you as much as I used to.
2: Well, you know what? Download that ESPN Lafayette app. Subscribe to the podcast, oh. and and you and you 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 will you, 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 you figure it out. There's ways. There's ways, but uh, I know you're busy it's too, it's man. The plug. I
0: know
2: yeah. you're busy. How you been, bro? Good. Como, man. I mean, I've I, i, I I've been wondering about you. I've been wondering where you've been.
0: Yeah, man. Well, I'll tell you what I'm thinking for. Um, I've been sober since January 7th. Not one drink at all. Just decided it was time to just give it up, and I've been good, man. I'm thankful for that.
2: Hey, that's awesome. I mean it. That's awesome. Yes. Absolutely. I'm thankful for that for you as well. Keep it up, man.
0: Yeah, I just want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. man.
2: Como, it's great to hear your voice, man. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. That's great to hear. It's great to hear. I, I I appreciate him sharing that. It's good stuff. All right, let's get back to the emails before we take a break. Mark emails. Scott, you keep saying the college football playoff committee didn't get it right. Cincinnati's in the top four. What am I missing? uh I well you're missing a lot um <laughs> my point isn't that they didn't get the top four right this time around, even though i I've thought a lot this year that Bama is probably overrated they're because they're bama they're getting the benefit of the doubt a lot when you know some of their wins have not been as impressive as some other teams behind them, but that's not the point. The point is I'm saying that they haven't got it right yet what they do week to week. Is not the no-all end-all. The no-all end-all is who ends up in the college football playoff. And if Cincinnati wins out, and let's say Oklahoma State wins out, and they win out, and they win in convincing fashion, I'm not, I'm not banking on the college football playoff committee leaving Cincinnati in the top four and, and, and instead and putting Oklahoma State in there, which would be wrong. But to, to sit here and you know, suggest that, oh, well, hey, there's, there's, a, there's a group of five school and they're in the top four for the first time ever in the 10-year history of this thing or seven-year history, ever long, seven-year history of the college football playoff. Like, Slow down. Week to week, it's all of this. Sometimes it settles itself. Other times it ends up just being bad. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of these semifinal games in the college football playoff era have been trash. A few good ones, most of them trash. I mean, ESPN, they they were airing games on New Year's Eve, which was dumb. College football playoff games and the ratings were suffering and the games were trash, And they had to give a bunch of money back to advertisers because they couldn't get nearly as many people to watch it as they thought they would. Now, it's been a little bit better in recent years. But the college football playoff has not worked out the way that many had envisioned. And certainly the committee itself is, I mean, it's, it's been a P5 invitational. Will enough dominoes continue to fall for Cincinnati to get in? Maybe. But a lot of people are saying they control their own destiny. I'm not one of those people. I won't get fooled again. by I, I, they, I will believe it when I see it. And maybe Oklahoma State loses, maybe other schools lose, and maybe it all just works out and Cincinnati keeps winning. I'll believe it when I see it. Tell you this, the college football playoff committee is rooting really hard for East Carolina this week and Houston the week after. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, why did the Saints rush defense, which entered last Sunday number one in the league, suck against the Philadelphia Eagles? And can you expect more of it tomorrow night against the Bills? I'll tell you next great Scott! Show on espn lafayette don't go anywhere
0: hey this is rich eisen you can hear me every day on espn lafayette from noon to three on the rich eisen show hey sports fans this is rich eisen reminding you to catch the rich eisen show every weekday from 12 to 3 on espn lafayette now back to more of the great scott show with scott prather
2: Attitude. Be grateful, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. No more great Scott shows this week. We'll uh, be off local programming for the Thanksgiving holiday. I will talk to you guys next Monday. Saints entered last Sunday number one in the league in rushing, but they've been struggling there recently, and the Eagles ran for 242 yards on 50 carries, and they struggled mightily with the read option. Jalen Hurts, he did his thing. That's two years in a row he's gotten them. Philly used motion a lot. They got linebackers for the Saints like DeMario Davis and Quan Alexander out of place. They double teamed David on Yamada a ton. And once the Eagles were up big, the Saints were trying to be more aggressive to create plays on defense. And as a result, they got gashed more. It was not a single player, but a joint effort. Can they get back to what they do well defensively, which is stopping the run? Can they do that tomorrow night? Well, the reality is the Bills don't really have a good running back. Now, they've got a quarterback that can run in Josh Allen, but if you follow the Bills at all, they've been trying to run less with Josh out of fear. You know what? He's kind of the biggest straw that stirs this drink. We don't want to get him hurt. He hasn't been running as much as of late, at least in terms of design runs, call runs, right? He had two runs against the Colts last week, two. Matt Breda, Devin Singletary, I mean, they're all right. And they 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 ran fine against any. The problem was they just turned, you know, Bills turn it over a ton. I mean, Josh Allen threw a bunch of picks, fumbled the ball, and before you know it, it was just out of hand, and they were trying to sling it all over. Slow down the run. You do that, then you try to win the turnover battle, try to have a game-changing play on special teams. Maybe you got a shot, but let's be real. It's going to take a lot of help For the Saints to get a win tomorrow night on Thanksgiving. Even with Buffalo struggling the way that they are. That's going to do it for me. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Have a great Thanksgiving. I'll talk to you guys next Monday.